Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll start there today. I'm going to continue this series we started several weeks ago about why church. Anybody enjoyed why church so far? And uh, I think this might be the last message in this series, but I'm going to talk today on why church, and I want to, this is going to be like a partner message with the message I preached a few weeks ago about the body of Christ, the church being the body. So um, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 12, and uh, we're going to read a long passage. So if you've not read your Bible in a long, long time, let's do it together. We'll knock it out. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have, once again, many parts, but God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Very strange. Yes, there are many parts, once again, but there's one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the most honorable parts do not require the special care, so God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts with less dignity. This makes for harmony, or we could say unity, among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Can I get amen? amen? I know that was a mouthful, but we did it together. All of you together, what did it end on? Are Christ's body. All of you together are Christ's body. So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is, You Are Gifted. You Are Gifted. Now, do you want to hear my funny title, but it didn't really work? Because I always have a lot of other... I have like 10 titles that I don't always share. So I just went with the very nice, you are gifted. Right. You know, that's just encouraging already. You're like, yeah, wow. Yeah. Pastor, I received that. Right. You're gifted. But since we're talking about the church being a body, I was going to go with gifts and gizzards. <laughs> but it felt a little offensive. <laughs> gifts and gizzards. So we're going to go with you are gifted today. Yeah. But if you are the gizzard of the church, this message is for you. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. 
Somebody's got to be the small intestine. Somebody's got to be the spleen. Somebody's got to be the gallbladder. Somebody's got to play those parts. Last time, Amzie said he would take those parts if necessary. So if you don't like your gifted gifts and gizzards, let's go for it today. Um, if you've been here on Sunday mornings, we've been talking about why church, why we need the church, why is the church important. Now, I can't recap five weeks in five minutes, so you need to go listen to those messages because they always build on each other. But a few weeks ago, we talked about the church being the body of Christ. That's the word picture or example given in the scriptures. But we also see that the church is referred to in the New Testament, which we're a part of. The church is the bride of Christ. So the church is a bride. We also talked about several weeks ago, the church is God's building, that, that he is the cornerstone, but we are also living stones being made up of this spiritual house we call the church. So the church is a building, but the church is also a body. And we talked about that several weeks ago. I want to do a quick recap so you can get a good place to start today. And we talked out of 1 Corinthians 12, which we just read about how this beautiful word, word picture of the human body. And it says that we're all different, but that's a good thing. We all come di from different places. The, the scripture starts and it says, because these were the cultural differences of that day, it says, some of you are Jews and some of you are Gentiles. Some of you are slaves and some of you are free. Some of you are men and some of you are women. But it doesn't matter about that. What matters is that we're unified and we're one body. We got many parts of us, but we're one body. We're all different, but we all should be united. Now, Paul was writing that today. He would say, some of y'all are black, some of y'all are white, some of y'all are Asian, some of you are Latino, some of you are African-American and Native American and Irish American, but that's not what matters. What matters is your one body. And you got the same spirit. It doesn't matter about color. Or if Paul was writing today, he wouldn't say Jews or Gentiles. He'd say, some of you guys are Republicans. Some of you are Democrats. And some of you are independent. And you all need the Lord. And he would say, that's not what's important. And we should not divide into our little circles and cul-de-sacs that say, I'm this and I'm that. Who cares about that? We are one body and one church. We're many parts. We're different. And that's a good thing because we need different parts to play different parts in the body. But we're still one body. And he keeps emphasizing all throughout 1 Corinthians 12. He repeats it time and time again. You guys are different. You play different parts but you're still one body. Don't forget that. And you're all needing each other. Do you realize the human body, just like the spiritual body, which is the church, is diverse, but yet unified. Our human body is different, but yet dependent upon the other parts of the body. We can't get away from that. So it's great that God made us different and diverse from each other, but we also need to be just as equally unified and dependent upon each other. Because like it says, if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And if one part of the body is honored, we're all honored. Every part matters. And every part is affected. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and it's not too funny for Amzi because after I preached it, he literally destroyed his toe. But I talked about how you could say that there's parts of your body that don't matter, 
But when they start, stop working yeah. or they get hurt, no matter how tiny they are, yeah. it's all that matters. Your heart could be pumping great. Your brain could be functioning. Your lungs, I mean, your cardio's up. You, you feel strong and healthy. And if you stub your big toe, that's all that matters in the world. You're like, I can't, I can't go to work. I can't function. I can't think straight because your toe's throbbing, but you didn't know how much you needed it till it's not working right. Same way with the spiritual body. Every part matters. Every part matters. Everybody that works in the classrooms and the security team and, and the ushers and the every, every part matters. The greeters matter and, and the people that do visuals matter and the people that do the sound matters. Every part matters and you don't realize that until that part's not working right or that part is gone. Because our whole body is diverse but yet dependent upon the other parts. Every part of your body does a different function, but it's working together with the rest of your body. And when it stops doing that, that means you got to go to the hospital. It's the same way with the spiritual body, which is the church. When the parts stop working together in unity and decide they're going to go do this and I'm going to do this, and they stop relying on each other, they stop being dependent upon each other, the spiritual body gets sick. And the spiritual body needs to change and has to go to the spiritual ER because it's not working together right. But when it's all working together, come on now somebody. When every part is doing their part and excited about their part and, and, and doing their part with excellence, every part of the body is here and excited and doing what God has called them to do. They're one body but many parts. That's when the body is healthy and growing and vibrant and strong and full of life. When everybody's moving together and dependent upon one another, not just diverse but united in their diversity. I'm preaching better than you're responding so far. So we're all different, but yet dependent upon each other. None of us could ever say, I don't need that person. No, that's probably the person you do need. None of us could ever say that. That's what the Bible just says. That no part of the body should ever say, I don't need you. It even goes on and says in 1 Corinthians 12 that the head, which is Jesus, would never say to us, I don't need you. Because he needs you. Now just look around at each other for a second. I know don't be too awkward, but look around at each other for a second. Seriously, I don't see any heads moving. Move your head around. Unless you got a neck problem, move your head around. Come on now, somebody. Look around. Okay, are you still looking? Are you still looking? Look back at me now. All those people you just saw, you need them. All those people you just looked at, you need them a lot. Every one of them. You need them. Why? Because they're a part of this body and they play a part that you don't play. And you need them. For your part to function all right, you need this part to function right. We all need each other. Every part matters. Every part plays a specific role in the body. So we know that's true for the human body, but it's true for the spiritual body, which is his church. So, 
after recapping that from a few weeks ago, I think a lot of you are at the place, and I want to get into some specifics on, all right, pastor, I, I agree with you, I'm a part of the body, but I want to know how I play my part. I want to know how I can make the body stronger and not weaker. I want to know how I can help the body and not hurt the body. If I'm connected to all these people, not just in this building, but to not just the local church, but the global church, how can I play my heart? Because Part because I want to make the church better and stronger, and I want to help it, and I want to play my part. So I'm assuming that's what you want to do. So I'm going to try to help you today as your pastor know how you can play your part in the body of Christ. So with everything God asks us to do, he gives us a grace to do it. Now, when I say that, that means anything in the Bible that God tells you to do, because you have the Holy Spirit living in you, he gives you the desire and the power to do it. Not of your own strength, but of the strength and ability he gives you. So that's why we as believers in Jesus, we can never say to God when we're reading our Bible and he tells us to do something, we can never say, God, I can't do that. Because actually you can do that because the greater one lives on the inside of you and he's going to give you the desire and power to do it. God never tells you to do something unless he's going to give you the grace or ability to do it. Are you with me? So what I'm about to say here about how we play our part, I'm not saying you just got to do this in your own strength and own ability. I'm saying that we have to believe because God's word says this, that if God tells me to do this, that he's going to give me the grace and ability to do it. Whatever he commands me to do or tells me to do in his word that's going to be good for me and good for other people, he's given me a grace or a divine ability to do it. So for the things I'm about to share with you, I'm not saying this is in your own strength and this, this is just works and legalism and you got to do this and that. No, I'm saying if God tells you that you need to do this and you need to play your part and you have a role to play, I'm not saying in your own power, I'm saying in the grace he's given you the divine ability to do what he's called you to do. And we all have that. If you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, if you're saved... Now, if you're not, then you're on your own to try to figure it out with your own strength. But a lot of you in here are believers in Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit. He will give you the grace to do it. Now, another little thing about doing what God wants you to do. In the Bible, we see that there is the general will of God. That all believers should be required to do. Not for salvation, but from salvation. Not to work themselves into anything good with God. It's because they've already been good with God, and God's given them ability, so therefore they can do what they need to do. Are you with me? So when we read the Bible, we see that there is the general will of God for your life. The general call, the general direction that applies to all of us in here. There's things that apply to all of us. But then there's also the specific will and calling and direction that God has for us. So today, I'm going to talk about both of those things pertaining to your part in the body. You with me? Because you guys said, 
or I assumed you said in your heart, in that sweet little heart of yours, you said, Pastor, I want to play my part. I just don't know how. So tell me how to play my part because I, I want to be all in. I want to make the church stronger. I want to help. I want to be better. But, but how do I play my part? And I assumed that you thought that in your sweet heart because your heart is towards the Lord and towards your pastor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Am I, am I, right, church? So I'm going to tell you that, but let's start with this. God's going to tell you to do some things to play your part, and this is the general will and call for your life as a believer in Jesus and a part of his body. These are things that apply to all of us in here on playing our part in the local church. How do we make it stronger? How do we make it better? And these three things I'm going to share with you are all over the New Testament and the Old Testament on ways that we make the church better and stronger. How do we play our part in the body? So let's talk about this first, the general will of God for your life and playing a part in the body of Christ. The first thing is, if we're going to play our part in the body and be a body part who actually functions right and helps the other parts and brings our supply and brings our part, we're going to have to pray for our church. Now, this is part of the general will of God. You don't have to get specific instructions for God to pray for your church. It's in the general will for every follower of Jesus that they should pray for not just their local church, but the global church, all churches. If we're going to play our part in the body and be a body part that's functioning and helping the rest of the body, we're going to have to be a praying person. I love you, church family, but if you never pray for your church, you're hurting us, not helping us. You are. Because your part matters. Well, well, I believe the intercessors will do it, but that's the only part of the body. God has called every part of the body to be a person of prayer. Not just the intercessors in the church. He's called all of us. That's how we play our part. Now, can we all do that? I think we can all do that. And that's the general will of God for all of his children is that we would be a person of prayer and we play our part in the body by praying. When we pray for our church, we make our church stronger. When we pray for our church, we make it better. When we pray for our church, we, we push the plan of God forward for that church and what God has called it to do for it to come to pass. When we pray, not just when a few people pray, but when every part prays. And that's for all of us. That's the general will of God for all of us. You don't got to pray about that. You don't have to pray about praying. You just got to pray. Doesn't have to be long. Just has to be real. Doesn't have to be hours and hours. Just has to be faith-filled. But we all have our part in prayer. And when we all pray together, every part is helping the other part. Jesus said in his word that his house, now what's his house? The church. His house will be called a house of prayer. Or if you're from the country, house of purr. But, you know, uh, this is Indiana, not Kentucky, so we don't talk like that, Daryl. House of purr. House of purr. 
You know the house of prayer people probably got some snakes and some other stuff there too. You know what I'm saying? Just by the name. Don't go in there. Don't do it. House of prayer. Jesus said though his house, what's his house? The church shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. His house would be known for prayer above all other things. And if we're really a New Testament church who believes in Jesus and are followers of Jesus, this house will be a house of prayer. And not just on the prayer nights. (laughs) And not just in the back before service. And not just a few people in our church. The whole body will pray because that's the part they play. Come on now, somebody. It will be a house of prayer. Do you realize the church without prayer is just a lifeless corpse? We're just another organization, another nonprofit with no power to do anything, with no power to change lives, with no power. We're just going to be another nonprofit. If there's no prayer, there's no power. Because we're not basing what we do as a church just off of natural things. We're the church for a reason because we're connected to God and we believe there's some Holy Ghost power. Come on now, somebody. And we believe, yes, we'll hand you some food, but we also believe in casting out demons too because there's some power. And yeah, we'll take you to counseling, get a Christian counselor, but we also believe in deliverance too and cast that demon out of you. Yeah, you know, we believe in you going to this rehab, but we also believe that God can overcome those addictions and he can change your desires and he can change your heart and he can change your life. That medication won't get out of you. There's some things medication and therapy will not fix. It can help, but it won't fully fix it because you got to change your heart. And the only body person that can change your heart is God himself. Don't play with me just because it's a child dedication. My family's here, Pastor. I can't say amen too loud. I heard my mama. Did you hear my mama? Mama Crystal? Yeah. If, if I got her, that's all I need today. So come on, keep coming, mama. The church should be a house of prayer. Or we're just another organization with no power to change anybody's life. We're just another club down the street. We're just a community center. We're just a country club. No, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And yeah, we're going to help you in the natural. But more importantly, we're going to get to the root of the issue, which is a spiritual issue. And the only one with power to change it is God. And how do we connect with God? By prayer. Without prayer, the church is a lifeless corpse because prayer for the church is essential as breathing is for the body. Because we're the body of Christ. Okay, well, the, the body has to breathe. How do you breathe? Prayer and praying as a church is how the body of Christ gets oxygen into our lungs. It's the wind in our sails. 
is the oxygen in our lungs. And without prayer, we won't be the church we're called to be. Now, once again, everything God asks you to do, he's got to give you the grace and ability to do it. So what's your part? God, I want to do that. Help me do it. And then step out and start doing it. And when you do, he's got to give you the grace to pray. But you just got to start. But that's for all of us in here, not just a specific group of people. It is for all of us, the general will of God. And our part that we play as the body is to pray for the church. Are you with me? Second thing is community. How do we play our part? Community. Now, what do I mean by community? I mean show up. Show up. That's for all of us. You don't need a specific scripture on it. Show up. If you're a part of a church, show up. When we have Sunday services, which we only have one, 10 a.m., show up. When you have a life group, show up. When we have a first Wednesday, show up. When I just said we have a special meeting Tuesday and Wednesday night, show up. Not because you have to, because you want to, because you're part of the body. And you're saying, if that's where the body's going to be, I'm a part of the body, that's where I'm going to be. Not in this legalistic, arm-twisting type of way, but because I want to be there. But that's part of how you play your part as the body. Some of us over, overlook that and we're like, it doesn't really matter if I show up. Yes, it does. It really does. Because when one part's missing, it affects the other parts. When one part's not there doing their part, it affects the other parts because we're all connected together. You showing up into church community matters. And that's one of the ways you play your part. It's that easy. Show up. And you realize your presence matters to other people. Do you realize when you show up to your life group, it encourages the rest of your life group? When you show up and work in the helps team in the back, it encourages the people there. When you show up on a Sunday morning and we look around the congregation and it's not empty and it's full, it encourages everybody around you. Your presence matters. Showing up matters. And here's the thing about what God tells you to do. When God tells you to do something, it's not just for him. It's for you. Because he knows what's best for you. He tells you to show up so you get something out of it. When you show up to church, that does not change God. That changes you. When you show up to life group, that doesn't change God. That changes you. He tells you to do something because it will help you and change you. And it's real simple. He says, you need to show up and be a part of the body. It's real simple. Just showing up is, is half the battle. Just show up. And you keep showing up, you'll be amazed how your life starts changing. Because you're part of the body. And your part matters. Not because I got to be there. Because I want to be there. In the book of Hebrews, and we're not going to read it, but it encourages this church in the Hebrews. It tells this church, do not neglect or forsake meeting together. As some 
is their habit. And it actually says you should be coming together more as the day of the Lord or Jesus coming back approaches. Now, I realize saying this, I'm going completely upstream. But the ways of God are always going to be upstream. They're always going to be up. I realize what's going on the past few years with COVID, with the pandemic. Got a lot of people out of the habit of coming to church. Some people never came back since COVID. Like, y'all realize that's over now? Y'all can come back if you want. I realize there's that pressure. I realize there's more opportunities in America than there's ever been before. Church attendance is down for most churches. Because we live in a country of affluence. People can go away on the weekends so they don't come to church anymore. Most kids playing sports have their events every weekend now. So we don't have to come to church anymore. I'm tired, so I don't need to come to church. I can watch online. I can listen to the podcast. I love you as your pastor. But that's not the same thing as being there in person. That's a supplement, but it's not the real substance. And we're going to get a live stream. You guys paid for it. Michael's working on it. A very expensive live stream. It's going to look great. You're going to watch it when you're on vacation. You're like, man, that's a good-looking service. But that's not for you to sit in your jammies and watch live stream from home when you're in southern Indiana. Because it's not the same. The Bible says I long to see you, not on FaceTime, see you, that I may impart to you a spiritual blessing. It says don't neglect meeting together because there's something that happens in this room that does not happen on your couch listening to a podcast. It helps, but it's not the same thing. There's something that happens when the corporate anointing comes together in the same place. The faith is stirred. The the passion is stirred. And you don't get that on live stream. If the Bible warns us not to neglect meeting together, that means there's going to be a time that comes that everybody says, you don't need to meet together anymore. The Bible actually says, actually ramp it up. When people start saying that. So we should not be meeting less. We should be meeting more. Well, pastor, I got a busy schedule. If you're too busy for God, brother, you too busy. Did I say that to the right church? If you're too busy for God, sister, you're too busy. I'm telling you things that are going to help you right now. Once again, why does God tell you to do this? Because it's going to help you. It's going to change you. It's going to make a difference in your life. Pastor, that's not that big a deal. Yes, it is. Because that's you playing your part in the body. You just showing up says, I'm a part of the body and I'm here. I'm playing my part. And it encourages each other. How about this? It encourages the pastor. 
Why would we want to do that, Pastor? How many know it's more fun to preach to a room full of excited people than like three people? Now, I'll preach like this to three people, but it feels a lot more encouraging like I'm actually reaching some people when there's actually people here. I'm just saying. So how do I play my part? I get a part of community. I show up. Now, seriously, we don't got a lot of services around here, so you're, you're going to be playing a sad song if you try to act like you're overloaded with church. Now, we've had some special meetings recently, but you needed every single one of those. But most weeks, it's just Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for two hours. It's a lot. It's a lot on the schedule. Life groups, there's another two hours. Come on now, somebody. Where's your priorities? Where's your heart? It's not insignificant. It's your part of playing your part in the body of Christ. Just showing up. You're saying, hey, I'm an ear, and I'm here. And I will hear. I'm here. Saying, I'm the knee, and I'm here. I'm the gallbladder, and I'm here. I'm the heart, and I'm here. And it encourages and helps all the other parts of the body. Why? Because we're dependent upon each other. It matters. Your presence matters. I'll go to the next one because of that warm welcome I received on that. I'm joking. You guys are actually encouraging me. How do we play our part in the body? Here's another one. We give. We give. Well, there's another preacher talking about my money. (laughs) In the general sense of God's will, how do we play our part in the body? We pray for our church. We get into community or we show up to church. Or, or whatever church event that would be that we know that we should be there and it would help other people that were there and we would get helped when we come. But number three, we give to our church. That's how you play your part in the body. Now, we're not going to talk a long time about this today because we have other things to say, but giving to your church matters. Do you realize ministry costs money and the more money you have the more ministry you can do you follow me (laughs) if you don't have hardly any money you can't do much ministry it's just the reality of it and the ministry takes money now the way God set it up in the Old Testament and the New Testament is that God's people which we are would bring their tithe, which is 10%, into God's house. Because that would be the money that would support the ministry or the church. Now, of course, they would give offerings on top of that, but all of the church community and the people of God in the Old Testament, which was to the tabernacle and the temple, which was the house of God back then, but in the New Testament, which was the house of God, the church, they would bring tithes and offerings to God's house, 
so that there would be ministry happening in God's house. So how, so how do you play your part in the body? You give to your church. Once again, not because you have to. Not because your pastor twisted your arm around. But because you want to. Because you want to support the house that you're a part of. And by you giving your tithe and your offering to, to God's house, you help more ministry to happen. Now, the more money we have, the more ministry, the more outreach, the more blessing we can be to the community around us. But we also give because the Bible says we give our tithes and our offerings not just for the church, but we give it because we honor God. We give it because we have faith in God to be our provider. And God with 90% or 10% of my money and me with 90% of my money is more than me with just 100% of my money. So I'm going to trust God and have faith in him that he will be my provider if I give my tithe, my 10%. And if I give extra offerings, the rest I have left is blessed by God and he will be my provider. I have faith in him when I give and I tithe. We also give just because we're thankful people. We're thankful to what he's done for us and how he's blessed us and how he's changed us, how he saved us. But we give because God says to bring all the tithe and the offering into his house. Because what he cares about is his house. We can't take the money to heaven and hand it to him. But God says, bring it into my house. And it's the same thing. Because my house is the place where I'm going to minister to the world. My house is going to be a house of miracles and healings. My house is the place where my presence is going to go into the community through my house, the church. And if you believe in your church, what it's called to, you're going to give to it. Cost money. And, and not just scatter load giving, but consistent giving. You know why? Because we have bills that need to be paid every week, just like your house. <laughs> we have a staff that needs to be paid for it every week, just like you. We have things that come every week, every month, every year. So when people don't give consistently, that makes it a little more difficult at times for us. Are you here? Now, you guys are doing an awesome job, but I'm just saying, practically, honoring God consistently with your tithe is what helps more than anything because we're able to do what we're called to do and be the church we're called to be because ministry takes money. Jesus said very clearly, where your money is, your heart is. That's where it is. And if your heart is in God's house and a part of his church and you're playing your part as the body, your money will be in God's house. Where your treasure is, your heart is also. You still with me today? Got a little quiet on the money part. It's all right. It's all right. 
Good. You get a little sensitive about that. It's okay. We'll give to what we love. If you look at my bank account, please don't look at my bank account, but if you looked at my bank account, it would say um, church. It would say DoorDash. Don't judge me right now. (laughs) Don't judge me. It's a tough season in my life. I need food delivered to me, okay? So let's just say DoorDash. And there would be Natalie, 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 Natalie. Why? Because we're my money is, that's where my heart is. Same way with you. All right. Extremely quiet. We'll go on to a different topic. What if we just like, just put everybody's bank account on the, the visuals? Just for fun. Just to spice up the service. Maybe that would get a little more reaction out of you. Oh, my money's on there. Jeff's Bakery, I spent $300 last week. Hey, where your money is, your heart is also. I'm just saying. Okay. So that's the general will of God for your life. Don't got to pray about it. Don't got to fast about it. Don't got to flip through your Bible and put your finger down. Okay, that's God's will for my life. Nope, you don't got to do any of that. The general will of God for your life To play your part in the local church is to pray for your church, to get into community at your church. That means show up and to give to your church. By doing that, that helps your church, that strengthens your church, and that affects the rest of the body so that they can do their part because we're one whole body. That makes the body healthy and growing and full of life i got a few more things to share with you if you can handle that. So we talked about the general will of God or calling, but what about the specific will for your life? The specific call that God has for you in the body, the part you play. Well, the Bible would call those gifts or graces. Now, once again, what is a grace? Grace is an ability given by God. Now, here's the truth in here. Whether you feel like it or not, all of you are gifted. All of you are graced. God has put a divine ability on the inside of you to do God's will. Now, God has given you those graces. And those graces, we could say, are things you do well. Those things you're naturally gifted at. And God has gifted every one of you in here at least one. Most of us, multiple ones. And God has given you a gift, a grace. But why do you have that gift and grace? Let me tell you why. It's not for you to just be an influencer on Instagram. It's not. It is not so you can be proud about how good you are at something. God did not give you that grace for that reason. Why did God give us all gifts in here that are different? God gave you that gift to serve him with and to serve others with. That's why he gave it to you. So all the grace and gifts that we have on our life is not just for us. It's for God 
and for other people to serve them with the gifts he's given us. Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is a servant of all. God gives you gifts and graces on your life, but what you do with that gift is how you give back to him. When we decide to use our gift and grace for his purpose, his plan, his glory on the earth is when we're really using our gift the way it was meant to be used. But how do we do that for his purpose, plan, and glory? Well, we do it through his church. You with me? But God has given you all gifts, specific gifts. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, when we read it at the beginning of this message, we said we are one body and we have many parts. We all play a different part. But how do we know what part we play? Well, the part you play is the gift or grace God has given you. And you need to know that. And in the passage of 1 Corinthians 12, before and after he talks about the body of Christ, he lists spiritual gifts, and then he also lists, lists ministry and practical gifts in the same passage. Why? Because the part of the body you are is the gift that God has given you. Are you with me? And not in the general sense, but in the specific sense. God has given you a part to play and a gift that is to be used for his glory. Now, let me show you, because it's not just in 1 Corinthians 12, there's multiple passages that say the same exact thing. Ephesians 4 and 15 and 16. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Verse 16, notice what it says. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. What's that? That's your gift. Notice when you do that, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in full love. So what's it say? Each of you has your own part, and when you do that special part, it makes the other parts healthy and growing. Now, let me give you another passage because that's not the only place. It's all over the New Testament. Romans 12 Verse 4. Could we do Romans 12, verse 4, if possible? Romans 12, verse 4, and we're going to go through to verse 8, if we could pull that up here. Romans 12. Here we go. Romans 12, verse 4, and we're going to go to verse 8. What does it say? Just as our bodies... Talking about the body of Christ, that's us. Have many parts. What does it say? Each part has a special function. That's your gift. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. There it is right there. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, if your gift is serving, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach them well. And verse 8, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. He's getting real practical right now, isn't he? 
If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. But notice what he says. All of you, God has given a specific gift. One more passage, just in case you thought I was making this up. 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. 1 Peter 4 and verse 10, if we could pull that up. So think about that. The, all the gifts and graces that God has given us, we are one body, many parts, and each part has a gift. God has given each of you, once again, a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing, or is it just me this morning in these verses that, that God's trying to tell us something, that we are the body of Christ and we all have our, our part that we play. And each of us plays a different part. But that part is the gifts or graces God has given each one of us. And they're all different. Just like the heart can't do what the lungs can do. The lungs can't do what the brain can do. The brain can't do what the elbow can do. The elbow can't do what the knee can do. We all have a specific part in the body which are the gifts and graces God has given us. You still with me? So, a lot of times when we talk about the gifts that God has given the church, we count ourselves out saying that we don't have those. It's not true. All of us have gifts. All of us have graces. That's the part we play in the body of Christ. Now, I made a list of these, and I split them up because we all, all oftentimes think of certain gifts, but we don't see all the gifts that God has put into his word. Now, I broke them down, ministry, spiritual, and practical gifts, because we all have gifts like this. Could we bring that up real quick? So a lot of times when we think God's given people gifts in the body of Christ, or the church, we only think about ministry gifts. Or we only think about spiritual gifts that ministry people do. We don't count ourselves into it. But actually the Bible talks about in those four passages, Corinthians, Peter, Romans, and Ephesians, that there are many different gifts in the body, and each person has their own part they play. And they're different. Ministry, spiritual, and practical. But let's start with the ministry gifts. Now, I'm going to close pretty soon. In a little bit. Someday. <laughs> or land in the plane. But before we do that, I just want to explain to you some about these gifts. Would you like to know? So God has said through his word in four different passages that we just read, each of you has a part and your part is the gift and graces he's given you. And it's all different. So don't compare yourself, but you do have a gift and grace on your life. At least one, maybe multiple. And when you do your part, you make the whole body better. You make the whole body stronger. You make the whole body Growing and healthy and full of life and able to be what the body is called to be. When you do your part. 
you help all the rest of the parts. Now, a lot of times when we see the gifts or we hear about the gifts, you only think about people like me. Like, I'm doing my part and you're just here to watch. (laughs) And that's not the way the Bible says it at all. All of us have different gifts, different parts. And we, when we all play our part, the body is healthy and stronger. You with me? So let's talk about the ministry gifts first. Now, I would say the ministry gifts are probably going to be the smallest portion of the people in the body. The apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. Now, these five ministry gifts are meant to help the other people learn how to use their gifts. Now, we're going to read here in a second in Ephesians, and we're going to show you why God put these five in your life so you could do those on the rest of the screen. Because you need somebody in your life who will equip you and empower you to fulfill your call, your gifting, your grace on your life. And the Bible says you need these five ministry gifts because they're the ones that are going to help you get to where you need to get. They're the ones that are going to help you teach you how to use your gift. They're the ones who are going to encourage you to play your part in the body so you're playing your part just like they're playing their part. So we're still talking about these five. Ephesians 4, verse 11. We'll see what it says here. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Notice what it says. Their responsibility. So so listen up. What's their responsibility? These five. Is to equip God's people. That's you. To sit in the pews and do nothing. Is that what it said? Because that's what most Christians think that's what that verse says. God gave you these ministry gifts so you could come watch them on a Sunday morning lose their voice preaching. God gave you these gifts so you could feel better about yourself because you went to church once a week. No, it says God put people like me in your life. What's my responsibility? To equip God's people. That's you. To do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So this is what we got to shift in the church world that a lot of churches get wrong. You think you're coming to watch me do the work of the ministry. You're not here to watch me do the work of the ministry. What happens when you come to church? This is the reality of it. You all come to church so that I, because I'm one of those five, it's my responsibility to equip you and empower you to do the work that God's called you to do. Not for you to sit here and watch me and think, all pastors excited this week. God bless him. I'm glad he's working. I'm glad he's in the ministry. No, you are too. 
we got to think differently about it because that's not what the Bible says, but Christians assume that's what I'm here for. No, you are here to be equipped and empowered to do your Monday through Saturday outside of here. You are here to be encouraged in your gifting. You are here to be encouraged about the grace on your life. You are here to be equipped and empowered to do something with your life, not just watch the pastor preach. Amen. I'm going to look at this notebook next week when I take a note in it. (laughs) So how do you know it was a good service? I'll tell you how you know it was a good service. I really got to land the plane, but these child dedications got me excited today for some reason. (sighs) Come on. Think about this. How do you know it's a good service? You know it was a good service when you leave not saying, Pastor sure is gifted. That's not a good service. If every time you come to church and you leave feeling like, man, pastor sure is gifted. God bless him. He's doing the work of the Lord. You're missing it or I'm missing it. Somebody's missing it here. If every time you come to service, you're like, man, Amsie can sure worship God. I wish I could worship. He's gifted. I mean, Dr. Jacobs, he's got anointing on his life. I wish I had anointing. You're missing it. How do you know it was a good service? I'll tell you how I know it's a good service. When you leave going, I'm gifted. I'm graced to do this. I got work to do. I'm in the ministry. I'm excited about it. I got a purpose Monday through Saturday, not just waiting for another Sunday. I have a gift on my life. I have a grace on my life. I have an anointing on my life. I have a calling on my life. I have work to do because the ministry I'm in is so great, not just pastor, and I'm gifted, but how do I know that? Because the pastor equipped me, empowered me to do God's work. Sheesh. (laughs) I'm going to buy myself a steak dinner for today. Because I've lost a thousand calories during this service. Are you with me? Are you feeling encouraged yet? So if you leave every week or every service you go to or every podcast you listen to thinking, they're great, they're gifted, but what about me? It's not, it's not good service. My job is to help and equip you and empower you on the grace that's on your life, the gift that's on your life, the anointing that's on your life, the calling, the ministry that you have to do God's work. That's a good service. Not you looking at somebody with a microphone saying, oh, man, they're great. They're they're wonderful. Who cares? I'm happy when I know that you guys are being equipped. I'm satisfied knowing that you guys were empowered. I get excited knowing I don't care what you think about me. I want you to think about yourself. I am gifted. I am graced. I'm in the ministry. And I got work to do. But pastor preached a message and I'm ready to do it. Come on now. 
That's a good service. And if you listen to people that don't make you feel that way, stop listening to them. If they're always pointing to themselves and you just feel like, man, they're awesome, I'm not. They ain't helping nobody. They're not doing what the Bible says they should do. They should be equipping God's people for their work. We all have a part to play. Or we're all different parts of the body. Brother Daryl, come up and play so I can land this plane. But let's talk about the rest of the gifts here. So there's the five ministry gifts. I'm not saying that none of you are called to do that. Because there probably is some people in here called to do that. But they're probably going to be the smallest group in the body of Christ. Now, I'm a pastor. That's what I'm called to do. My dad, he's a prophet. He's one of these gifts. Brother Sean, he's a teacher. He walks in these gifts. And our job is to help equip you to fulfill your call, to do what you're called to do, to play the part that you need to play. But you know, I knew I was a pastor my whole life. And when I talk about some of these gifts, God's going to speak to you, I'm believing whether that's today or the next several weeks on, there's some of these gifts up here that God says, no, that's you. That's your grace. That's your gift. That's your anointing. Some of you already know that because the Spirit of God lives in you. I knew that as a young man, I'm called to be a pastor. My mom said many years ago in elementary school that there was a, there's a friend I had and he was getting out of his car just in elementary school and he had his like head down, bummed out. And uh, I'm not crying about the story, I'm crying about my mom, but she said, so I come bouncing out. Now I was hyperactic. When I was little, when I was little, right? <laughs> I could still probably use some medication, but. Isn't it more fun to me to listen to me non-medicated though? I mean, how boring would it be if I was like, I'm on meds. I'm not hyper anymore. That wouldn't be any fun. I will never lose my passion. So, anyway, so I come bouncing out of the car. I got my probably like Jurassic Park backpack on. Fresh butt cut with my hair. Not free-flowing butt cut, but gelled down. Pastor, did you just say butt cut on a Sunday morning? I did. I did, and I'm sorry. For you visitors, for child dedications, I'm sorry. But she said, I got out of the car and I put my arm around him and immediately when I started talking to him, his countenance changed. And I've done that my whole life. Not because I feel like I have to, but it's just in me. And she said, see Jordan, I know you're supposed to be a pastor because that's I'm sorry. Because that's what pastors do. 
when somebody's hurting or when somebody's down and put their arm around them, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. And their countenance changes and their mind changes and their heart changes. But that's what you're called to do. That's your gift. And that's my gift. Hopefully that worked today on you. If you feel like you got embraced today by your pastor. But that's my gift. All of you guys have different gifts. And most of you know some of these because they're already in your heart. Let me just read a few of them. There's the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. And here's spiritual gifts. And and notice when I say spiritual gifts, this is not just for people in the ministry, like these five. This is for all of us. Because we all have the same Holy Spirit and, and God could use all of you this way. This is available to all of us. There's the gift of faith. That means you just... You just believe God and you, and you have great faith for stuff. There's people in here like that that they just got faith on a supernatural level. Healing. Some of you are called to lay hands on people. That doesn't mean you're in those five gifts, but you have that gift. Healing. Miracles. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, some is that is about God giving you a word about the present for somebody. Some about that, some about that is God giving you words for the future for somebody. God can do that through you guys, not just me. God could give you those words, discerning the spirits, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. But think about these practical gifts. Some of you guys have these practical gifts. Administration. Now, now, Brother Sean is the administrator of our church. We could not do anything as a church unless we had Brother Sean. Come on, can we acknowledge Brother Sean for a second? Come on, let's acknowledge him. The rest of the staff, are you acknowledging him in all his glory and splendor? Yeah, yeah. But people are, are gifted. As you can see, I'm not a person who's going to be like, <laughs> so I need somebody to line it out for me. Give me a plan. It's like, okay, pastor, you had the idea. Let's take the church to the moon. Right. Brother Sean's like, okay, how are we going to get there? How are we going to pay for it? We need to start picking up part for the house money. Something's going to have to change. So, so I have naturally big plans, big ideas, but somebody has to be the administrator the organizer the person that makes sure our church runs and has systems and we need that notice that's a gift just like a prophet's a gift just like faith is a gift just like healing is a gift administration some people have the gift of giving or generosity which we're going to talk about that in a few more weeks you're called to make money for the kingdom of God be an entrepreneur be a businessman and and fund God's kingdom Helps serving. Now that could go a lot of different ways. Under that category could be hundreds of other categories, but in the Bible, that's a gift. You just feel called to help and called to serve. That means you're up for anything. Hey, you need me in the kids? I'm back in the kids. You need me in the parking lot? I'm in the parking lot. 
You need me to set up chairs? I'll set up chairs. You need me to clean the toilet? I'll clean the toilet. That's a gift. Not any lesser than a pastor. It's a gift. Mercy. Some people are very merciful. I feel like probably my sister has this gift, being able to relate to people, the gift of mercy. The gift of hospitality. Some people are just gifted to make people feel welcome. They're gifted to to set up an, an atmosphere that makes people feel like they're loved. They're, they're gifted to make meals and to, to do things. Now I just want to give a little shout out to Mary Applegate. Because um, she's got this gift. That's like her love language. It's like food, giving food to other people. And then the people receives it and it's like, wow. So she's got this gift of hospitality. Notice it's not any lesser than a prophet. It's a different gift, hospitality. And that's the way she shows her love to her church. And she makes desserts for all these functions. And so does Miss Lois. That's a gift. Say amen. You know some people, it ain't a gift. Once you tasted the gift, (laughs) you know the non-gifted. You're like, oh, I see you signed up for hospitality here I think you got a different gift I've had your potato salad (laughs) let's get you on the serving team let's get you in the toilets okay hold off the desserts and the potato salad let's get you on the cleanup crew okay (laughs) I'm gonna close I'm gonna close but let me say this about Mary Applegate she has this gift you know why I've seen her do this for years, making meals for people that were in need, making meals for people that were going through a tough time. Maybe they were going through uh, cancer treatments, making meals for special meetings. But she made a meal uh, this past week. It was meatloaf, mashed potatoes, green beans, and cheesecake. Now, I'm so used to, like, going out to eat all the time and DoorDash. I'm not used to home-cooked meals a lot, so, like, I honor them when, when they're around. Now, please, by me saying this, don't everybody cook me something because I'm not trying to be fat, okay? <laughs> but this week, no joke, Miss Mary Applegate, I probably had your meal like 10 times. I had meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and green beans probably 10 times this week. Big portions of it. And there was still some left. And I had cheesecake. And I'm like, what is the matter with me right now? So you can't do that to me every week or I'm going to be on the 500-pound life on TLC. I'm just saying. But she's gifted in hospitality, gifted in leadership, gifted in speaking and teaching. And that could be inside the church or outside the church. And lastly, gifted in exhortation. My mom was used in that gift to get up behind the pulpit even if it was for five minutes or ten minutes you were like I got encouraged corrected and encouraged some more and now I feel like I can take the world all in ten minutes that's a gift and it's even different than teaching and preaching the gift of exhortation but I want you to know you all have gifts and graces on your life and that's the part you play in the body so could you do me a favor could you pray about this Could you pray about what parts you play? Ask God to show you some of the gifts that you walk in. 
and how you can use them to better and serve God's church. Could you do that for me? Because God has given you all gifts. Can we stand up today? Thank you for listening to me this morning. We had a good time in the house of God. I had fun with you this morning. You're all gifted. You're all gifted. And you all have your part to play. Can we read this last verse, Ephesians 4.16 in the Passion Translation? The Passion Translation, if we have it. For his body, that's you guys, has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively, throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Did you guys get something today? Let me pray for you this morning and we'll dismiss. Father, we love you today. We pray for your people today. I pray, Father, that you would speak to all of us by your spirit. Speak to us about our part in the body. Help us to play our part like never before. We want it to be stronger. We want to be a help. We want to make our church better. Help us to know what part we play. God, I pray that you'd speak to us not just today, but in the next several weeks. Speak to us. Quicken certain gifts to us on where we need to be involved and how we need to help. God, you've graced us and gifted us all in here. Let us know that. Let us understand that. And let us get to work in the work of your ministry, doing your will on the earth. Father, we love you today. We thank you today for this church family. We're getting stronger. We're getting better. We're getting more unified. And we're going to fulfill God's plan for us. And we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.